Now as Christian went on his way, he came to a slight incline designed to allow pilgrims to see more easily ahead. And looking up, he saw Faithful in the distance, intent on his journey. Christian cried out loudly to get his attention. Here, here, look here, wait, and let me catch up with you and I'll be your companion. At that, Faithful looked behind him. Christian cried out again, Wait, wait until I catch up to you. But Faithful answered, No, I travel with my life at stake, and the Avenger of Blood is close behind me. This reply somewhat moved Christian. He mustered all his strength and quickly caught up with Faithful. In fact, he accidentally ran past him so that the last became first. A smile brightened Christian's face with a sense of self-congratulation. He felt proud because he had gotten ahead of his brother, but he didn't pay attention to his feet. Suddenly he stumbled, fell to the ground, and he couldn't get up. That is, until Faithful came up to help him. Then I saw in my dream that the two of them went along together very lovingly toward one another and enjoyed a delightful conversation about all the things that had happened to them in their pilgrimage. Christian began in this way. My honored and deeply loved brother, Faithful, I am glad that I have caught up with you and that God has so strengthened our spirits that we can walk as companions in this so pleasant a path. Faithful looked over at Christian as they walked. Dear friend, I had thought of enjoying your company even from our town, but you did get quite a start ahead of me. Because of that, I was forced to come this far on my own. How long did you stay in the City of Destruction before you set out after me on your pilgrimage? Till I could stay no longer, Faithful admitted. After you left, there was a lot of talk about how our city would be burned to the ground with fire from heaven in a short time. Is that right? Did your neighbors really talk like this? Faithful nodded. Yes, for a while it's what everybody talked about. At least for a while. A slight frown creased Christian's brow. Did no one else but you come away from destruction to escape the danger? Faithful shrugged with his hand palm up and let it fall to his side in resignation. Like I said, there was a lot of talk going on, but... I don't think they really believed it. In the heat of conversation, I heard some of them ridicule you. They even talked about your pilgrimage like they disapproved of it. In fact, they described it as a desperate journey. However, I believed, and still do, that the end of our city will be with fire and brimstone from above. And as a result, I decided to make my escape. Did you hear anyone talk about neighbor pliable? Yes, Christian. I heard that he followed you until he came to the Slough of Despond, where some said he fell in. He wouldn't say anything about it, but I'm sure he was thoroughly covered with the foul dirt of that place. And what did the neighbors say to him? Since he returned, he has been the subject of considerable derision from all sorts of people. Some mock and despise him, and hardly anyone will give him work. He is seven times worse off now than if he had never left the city in the first place. The news troubled Christian. But why are they so set against him, especially since they also despise the way he abandoned? Faithful's lips 
thin to a straight line. They say things like, Hang him! He's a turncoat! He wasn't true to his profession. I think God has stirred them up to hiss and jeer at him, and make a proverb of him because he hath forsaken the way. Scripture And I will persecute them with the sword, with the famine, and with the pestilence, and will give them over as a reproach to all the kingdoms of the earth, as a curse and as an astonishment, and a hissing and an affront, unto all the Gentiles where I have driven them, because they did not hearken unto my words, saith the Lord, which I sent unto them by my slaves, the prophets, rising up early and sending them. But you did not hear, saith the Lord. Jeremiah 29, verses 18 and 19. Did you have a chance to talk with him before you left? I saw him once in the streets, Faithful said, but he stayed to the other side of the street like he was ashamed of what he had done. So I didn't really speak to him. Christian glanced down at the ground. I have to say, when I first set out, I had hopes for him. He looked back at Faithful with sadness in his eyes. But now I'm afraid he will perish in the overthrow of the city. For it has happened to him, just as the proverb says, The dog returns to his vomit, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mud. Second Peter 2, verse 22 Faithful nodded. I agree. I have the same fears for him. But who can hinder that which will be? Well, neighbor Faithful, Christian said, Let's talk about something else, about things that concern us more immediately. Tell me now, what have you met with and experienced thus far along the way? Because I know you have undergone some things that would be worth recording. Faithful didn't hesitate to answer. I escaped the slough of despond which I understand you fell into, and I reached the gate without suffering that danger. However, I met with a woman whose name was Wanton, who intended to do me harm. Christian said, it's a good thing you escaped her snare. Joseph was tested by her in Egypt, and he escaped her as you did. Otherwise it would have cost him his life. Scripture And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and none of those of the house were there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got outside. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled forth, Genesis 39, verses 11 through 13. But what did she do to you? Unless you experienced talking with her yourself, you can't begin to imagine how flattering her words were, Faithful said. So she didn't promise you the things of moral excellence? Faithful shook his head. No, not at all. She promised things of a carnal and fleshly nature, promising all sorts of sensual pleasure. Phew! Christian let out a low whistle. Thank God you escaped her, because those despised by the Lord shall fall into her pit. Scripture The mouth of strange women is a deep pit. He that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. Proverbs 22, verse 14 True enough, Faithful agreed. But to tell the truth, I'm not sure I entirely escaped her or not. Why do you say that? 
Christian wanted to know. I trust you did not consent to her solicitation, did you? No, I did not defile myself with her, for I remembered an old writing that I had read which said, Her steps descend down to hell. Scripture. Her feet go down to death, her steps uphold Sheol. Proverbs 5, verse 5. So I shut my eyes to prevent myself from being bewitched by her seductive looks. Scripture. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I look upon a maid? Job 31, verse 1. Then she became angry and railed on me, and I quickly went on my way. Did you meet any other assaults on your way? Faithful continued to give his account as the two of them walked. He said, When I came to the foot of the hill called Difficulty, I met with a very aged man who asked me who I was and where I was going. I told him I was a pilgrim going to the celestial city. Then the old man said to me, You look like an honest fellow. Would you be content to live with me if I pay you? So I asked his name and about where he lived. He said his name was Adam the First, and that he lived in the town of Deceit. Scripture That you put off everything concerning the old way of life, that is, the old man who corrupts himself according to deceitful desire. Ephesians 4, verse 22 I asked him about what type of work and exactly what wages he offered. He told me that his work offered many delights and that his wages would make me a full heir in his family. I asked him for further details about his household and what other servants he had. He explained how his house was maintained with all the luxuries of the world, and that his servants were his own children. I asked how many children he had, and he said he had but three daughters, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Scripture For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. 1 John 2, verse 16 he went on to say that I could marry them if I wished to do so. Then I asked how long he would expect me to live with him, and he said, as long as he lived himself. So what did you decide? Christian asked. Did you finally end up making an agreement between the old man and yourself? Well, at first I felt somewhat inclined to go with the man, because his offer seemed very fair, quite appealing. However, on looking at his forehead, as I talked with him, I saw these words written there. Put off the old man with his deeds. So how did you end up responding then? A burning hot thought came into my mind. It told me that whatever he said and however he flattered, that once he lured me to his house, he would sell me as a slave. So I insisted that he stop talking to me for I had no intention to even go near the door of his house. Then he scorned and insulted me. He told me he would send a certain person after me who would make the way ahead bitter to my soul. So I turned to go away from him, but just as I turned to proceed on my journey, he took hold of my flesh and jerked me back with such force I thought he had pulled a part of me to himself. At this I cried out in pain, O oh, wretched man, 
Scripture. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Romans 7 verse 24. So I went on my way up the hill. Now when I had walked halfway up the hill, I looked behind myself and saw someone coming after me, moving as swift as the wind. He overtook me just about the place where the shady resting place is located. That's the place where I sat down to rest, Christian said. But being overcome with sleep, it was there that I lost this scroll out of my chest pocket as I slept. But let me tell you the rest of the story, good brother, Faithful said. Just as soon as the man overtook me, without a word, he knocked me down to the ground and left me lying there like one dead. But when I had revived a little and came to my senses, I asked him why he had treated me this way. He said it was because of my secret fondness for Adam the First. With that, he struck me again with another deadly blow to my chest and beat me down to the ground. So once again, I lay crumpled at his feet as if dead. When I came to myself the second time, I cried to him for mercy. But he said, I don't know how to show mercy. And with that, he knocked me down to the ground again. It was clear he would have finished me off if I hadn't been for a man who came by at that time and demanded that he stop his assault. Who was this man? Faithful said. At first, I didn't recognize him. But as he went by, I noticed the holes in his hands and in his side. And I concluded that he was our Lord. So I continue up the hill. That man who overtook you was Moses, Christian explained. He doesn't spare anyone, nor does he know how to show mercy to those who disobey the law. Faithful nodded his agreement. I know well that what you say is true, because this was not the first time we had met. He was the one who came to me, when I lived securely at home in the city of destruction, he told me he would burn my house down over my head if I stayed there. Christian thought of his time in the palace at the top of the hill and asked, Didn't you see the house that stood on the top of the hill, on the same side of the way as where Moses met you? Yes, Faithful said, and lions too, before I reached it. But as for the lions, I think they were asleep. For it was about noon, and they seemed to be asleep. Because I had so much of the day before me, I passed by the porter of that house and came down the other side of the hill. He told me that he saw you go by, Christian said. But I wish you had stopped at the house and stayed a while. They would have showed you so many rare treasures that you would remember until the day you die. But tell me, did you meet anyone in the Valley of Humility? Yes, I did. Faithful's brows knit together at the memory. I met with a certain man by the name of Discontent. He was intent on persuading me to go back with him, for he reasoned that the valley was altogether without honor and to go ahead was the way to displease all my friends. Pride, arrogancy, self-conceit, worldly glory, and others whom he knew. He said they would be very much offended if I made such a fool of myself as to wade through this valley. How did you answer him? Christian asked. I told him that although all those he named might claim to be my friends, 
and rightly so, since they were my relatives in the flesh, that since I became a pilgrim, they have disowned me, and I have in the same way rejected them. Therefore they are no more to me than if they had never been of my lineage. And as for this valley, I told him that he had quite misrepresented it, because humility comes before honor, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Therefore I said to him, I will rather go through this valley to obtain honor, which the wisest highly value, than to choose what he esteemed to be worthy based on our affections. Did you meet with anyone else other than that in the valley? Yes, I did. I met with a man by the name of Shame. But of all the men I met on my pilgrimage, he, I think, bears the wrong name. He would not agree, but after a little debate and other evidence, I say this bold-faced Shame would better be called Shameless. Why, what did he say to you? Christian asked. What did he say? Let's see. He objected to and railed against religion itself. He said it was a pitiful, low, sneaking business for a man to value religion. And he said that a tender conscience was an unmanly thing. Faithful let out a heavy sigh. He even went on to say that for a man to be mindful of his words and ways actually curtails his intimidating freedom and the boastful spirits of the times which the heroes of these times freely display. Such actions, according to him, would make men the object of ridicule. He also objected because, according to him, only a few of the mighty, rich, or wise ever held the same opinion as me. He also ridiculed the thought of being invited to become fools and to voluntarily hazard the loss of all for who knows what as being something accepted by very few. Scripture But those things which were gained to me I counted loss for Christ, and doubtless I even count all things as loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Philippians 3, verses 7 through 9. Plus, he objected to the low standard of living and conditions the pilgrims submitted themselves to, even sneered at the way in which they lived and their ignorance and lack of understanding in all natural sciences. He also pressed me on a great deal more issues besides what I told you. Things like how it is a shame to sit whining and mourning under a sermon, and that it was a shame to return home sighing and groaning under the conviction of that sermon. He even said it was a shame to ask from my neighbor forgiveness for petty faults or to make restitutions when I have stolen from anyone. He said, Religion made a man appear to be strange to those who are great because it's not normal to become concerned over a few vices which he called by finer terms. He pointed out how such thinking gives pilgrims a perception that causes them to respect the lowest of society solely because they belong to the same religious fraternity. He finished by asking me, Was this not a shame? Christian asked the same question he'd asked earlier. And what did you say to him? 
Faithful's brows arched in question. Say, to tell you the truth, I didn't know what to say at first. He pressed me so hard my face burned with embarrassment. And of course, shame brought that up as if I had become ashamed and almost beaten in defeat. But finally, I began to consider the fact that that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to God. Scripture. And he said unto them, You are they which justify themselves before men, but God knows your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Luke 16, verse 15. And as I thought more about it, I realized that this shame was describing what men are, but he had nothing to offer me about what God or the Word of God reveals. I also thought about the Day of Judgment. We won't be doomed to death or life according to the boastful spirits of the world, but according to the wisdom and law of the highest. With this in mind, I focus on the fact that what God says is indeed best. It doesn't matter if all the men in the world are against it. So seeing that God prefers his religion, seeing God prefers a tender conscience, seeing that those who make themselves fools for the kingdom of heaven are the wisest, and that the poor man who loves Christ is richer than the greatest man in the world who hates him, I turned to shame and I said, Depart, you who are an enemy to my salvation. Should I listen to your words which are contrary to my sovereign Lord? If I did that, how would I be able to face him at his coming? Scripture Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. Mark 8, verse 38. Should I now be ashamed of his ways and servants? If I did that, how could I expect his future blessing? But this shame proved to be a bold villain. He was clingy, and I had a hard time shaking him from my company. He haunted me like a shadow, and continually whispered in my ear countless other weaknesses he attributed to my religion. I finally told him that it is useless to continue in this manner because the very things he despised were those things that I see the most glory. So finally I got past this persistent one, and when I had finally shaken him off, I began to sing. The trials that those men do meet with, who are obedient to the heavenly call, are many and various and suited to the flesh, and come and come and come again fresh, that now or sometime else we by them may be taken, overcome and cast away. Oh, let the pilgrims, let the pilgrims then be vigilant and quit themselves like men. Christian clapped Faithful on the back and said, I am glad, my brother, that you so bravely withstood this villain, for I agree with you that of all the people you met, he has the wrong name. How bold is he to follow us in the streets and to attempt to put us to shame before all the world in order to make us ashamed and embarrassed concerning that which is good? But if he was not so daring, he would never attempt to be this bold. But let us continue to resist him, for aside from all of his bold boasting, he promotes himself as a fool and nothing else. Remember that Solomon said, The wise shall inherit glory, 
but shame shall be the promotion of fools. Proverbs 3, verse 35 Faithful agreed and said, I think we must cry to him for help against shame, so we might be valiant for truth upon the earth. I agree. What you say is true, Christian said. Besides those you've already mentioned, did you happen to meet anyone else in that valley? Faithful shook his head. No, I didn't. In fact, I enjoyed sunshine all the rest of the way through that first valley, as well as through the valley of the shadow of death. Then it was far better for you compared to what I experienced, for it was much worse for me. Almost immediately upon entering the Valley of Humiliation, I endured a dreadful battle with that foul fiend, Apollyon. Faithful looked at Christian with wide eyes. Christian nodded. Yes, I thought he would surely have killed me, especially when he struck me down and attempted to crush me under his weight. He seemed intent on crushing me to pieces. When he threw me down, my sword flew out of my hand, and he said, now I will surely destroy you. But I cried out to God, and he heard me and delivered me from all my troubles. Then I entered into the valley of the shadow of death, and from that point I had no light for almost half the way through that terrible place. Again and again I thought I would be killed, but finally morning broke with the rising of the sun. With the light of day, I went through that place with far more ease and quiet.